Take charge of your career story. This is your story. Whether you know it or not, there is a story being told about you as a person and who you are. And you have to determine whether you want someone else to tell it or if you're going to be the person to tell it. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Ryan Roten here. And this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further. You found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show Cache Prescott from CareerCache.com. Cache is a certified career coach, HR professional, resume writer, and career strategist who specializes in mid-career professional, managerial, and executive transitions. She especially enjoys empowering women to listen to their lives and become intentional about the next chapters of their career so they can define their career cachet on their own terms, take charge of their professional brands, and make their career stories come to life. So whether you are exiting or re-entering the workforce, transitioning from employee to solopreneur, Cache provides faith-based, inspired coaching to encourage her clients to create careers and lives by their design. She offers a suite of strategic career marketing solutions, such as resume writing, brand strategy consulting, LinkedIn profile development, professional bios, statements of purpose, and other career-related communications. Cache, I am looking forward to our chat, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Thank you so much. And I feel like I need to carry you around in my pocket just to read that information about me. You made it sound so great. <laughs> well, I, all I do is read it. You're the one who's making it real and making it great on the other end of this microphone. <laughs> so as a listener to the show, you know the first question is coming. So if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go? And even when you listen to it, you still don't readily have an answer. But <laughs> I am a person that likes to be warm. So I think I would go probably to an island like Jamaica or one of the islands in the Caribbean and just veg out on the beach. Okay, I am totally on board with that. Absolutely so. I do not like to be cold much anymore, <laughs> which really explains why I live in Indiana. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, I'm a Connecticut girl, so I feel your pain. I live in Georgia now, but I'm from Connecticut, so I understand. All Ooh. right, so you're at least a little bit warmer than I am in the wintertime. A little too warm sometimes down here, but... All right. Well, talking about warmth, when when you're on your beach in in the Caribbean, (laughs) which book are you reading now or which book would you take with you? Right now, I'm actually listening to the audiobook version of The Millionaire Next Door. Ah, I would love to actually read it, but life right now is not permitting for that. So it's audiobook for me right now. Yeah, it's a great book. You'll love it. It's amazing, too, when you think about it, because what will happen is once you get done reading it, you're going to start looking at all your neighbors differently. <laughs> You're going to go, uh, could they be? Mm, exactly. Maybe. <laughs> all right. One more fun question and then we're going to dive in. If you could okay. watch only one of these two TV shows, which would it be? Mad Men or The Big Bang Theory? Oh, geez. You made it kind of hard there. I would have to say Big Bang Theory. We were strong Mad Men fans for a few seasons, and then it got a little crazy for us, so we fell off. But my husband and I have definitely been Big Bang fans for the whole duration of the show. So There's something awesome about a bunch of geeks going through life, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) I'll have a moment of honesty here. I have not seen Mad Men, so I do not know what that show is. I know I kind of roughly know what it's about, but I've not ever seen it. 
was a good show. I did watch the series finale show, but I didn't really know what happened for the rest of the season. So it was just kind of like, but uh, yeah, Big Bang all the way. All right. Me too, by the way. (laughs) Multiple times on the CWs, they replay it every day. Yes. And you've seen it and you can tell, you know, what line is coming. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, let's go ahead and dive into some of the questions here. Now, you are a career coach today, but you have not always been a career coach. So can you kind of walk us through your evolution from, you know, kind of how you got started and how you ended up as a career coach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my career has pretty much um, been focused around HR and higher ed. I am one of those people that have worked in higher ed in a number of capacities, going from being a campus center director to being an adjunct faculty member for the past eight years to admissions. When I first entered the world of work post-college, I worked in undergraduate admissions at a small private university in Connecticut. And I worked there for three years. And that was my introduction to just higher education and even kind of HR because, you know, admissions is recruitment. And I did a lot of recruitment related things in that particular job. Then I decided I wanted to pursue a PhD and I went to enter the PhD program at the University of Georgia in sociology because I'm a social sciences fanatic. And so I went into the program and after kind of just finishing up my master's in that particular program, I just figured out that that wasn't the path for me at that time. Mm -hmm. And I'd met my husband when I was there. And so he was in the military and he was commissioning and he was stationed in Montana And so we got married and I got whisked off to Montana. And as a military spouse, it is very hard to kind of have your ideal career sometimes when you're moving every two, three years or, you know, it, it just depends on what his position is. And for us, it was every three years. And oftentimes the places we were sent to just weren't the most ideal locations as far as job prospects. So I just got to a point where I was tired of every time we moved somewhere I had to find a job and then the job prospects were just not that great for me. So I decided to kind of create my own portable career opportunity. And that's when I decided to go into business for myself. And I entered the world of virtual assistants. Hmm. And since I really enjoyed the HR administrative side of things, I went and opened virtual cachet. That's what it was called at that time. And it is focused specifically on HR administration for small business owners that either didn't have an HR person or for those that just needed someone to kind of manage their team, whether it be a virtual team or an on-site team, or they just had HR product projects that they needed, but they couldn't afford to have a full-time HR person. And I, I did enjoy that. And in one of your past podcast episodes, mm-hmm. you were talking about the difference between, you know, kind of like your skills and your strengths. Yep. And this was kind of one of those areas where I was working in my skills. There was something that I was able to do but it wasn't something that I was as passionate about as I should have been. I was able to do the work. I did right. a great job at it, but I wasn't as passionate as I needed to be. And it started to become more so just a task rather than something I look forward to doing. So back in 2013, I was pregnant with our third child at the time. And I just kind of decided to take a break from the business. And this was May of that year. And I said, I'm going to take off the rest of the year and kind of figure this out. Do I want to be in business first and foremost? And if so, do I want to be in business still doing what I'm doing or something different? So I put myself through the things that I kind of (laughs) (laughs) do. Asking the hard questions, really doing some, some soul searching, asking other people what they thought 
I did well at. And time and time again, it came back to you're so good at helping people prepare for interviews. You're so good at resume writing because that was something I had always done throughout the years for friends and family members. I served as kind of the go-to person and they would always come to me for those things. But that was never, ever, ever something I had considered even pursuing professionally because I asked the question, well, why would someone hire me? A lot of people probably (laughs) think those same things too. Yeah. So, and once that kind of settled in my brain, well, okay, why not you? You know, then I started on the path to kind of figuring out how to make that transition. And, you know, I started reaching out to people that I knew just to ask questions and trying to figure out, you know, who specifically I wanted to work with. And it just kind of came organically that I wanted to work with women that were just in the same place and space as me. Mm -hmm. I am a career oriented individual and I like doing my business. I enjoy doing things related to the career, but, you know, I also am a wife and I have three little girls that need me. And sometimes it's hard to strike the balance. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to work with other women that were ambitious as far as their career pursuits, but also were interested in trying to strike the balance between the two. And there's no real work life balance type thing. I'm not talking about that, but really and truly just making sure that they are um, trying to fit their careers into their life as opposed to fitting their lives into their careers. And that was something I had done for a long time. And so I knew there were more people like me that struggled with the same thing. And that's what I try to really focus on as far as the work that I do with the women that I work with. Awesome. And before we continue, I'd like to say thank you to both you and your husband for your service. Well, I don't do anything, but <laughs> that's, you know what? That's not true. And I bet you he would agree with me. You are taking care of the family while he is away and you do far more and you deserve far more credit uh, <laughs> well, than what a lot of people would give. And I envy I, you guys. I just can't say enough about people who are in the service. So thank you very much for your service. We definitely appreciate that. As you've got your career business going, you're thinking you're going to start working with people of like minds, similar interests. How did you go about, right? So you've got an idea in your mind. How did you go about finding clients? You know, because you'd said, I finally decided to ask the question, why not me? As -hmm. you're asking that question, how did you start to look for, okay, who would actually pay me to do this? Where did you find those clients? Well, I started talking to the women that I thought might be a good fit or the women that I thought I'd like to work with. So even if they weren't necessarily going to be a client, I started picking people's brains, people that I worked with, people that were on Facebook. I created a quick little survey on SurveyMonkey, 10 questions just to ask women that fit within my ideal market and just sent it to them via Facebook, just asking questions, getting their feedback, getting their perspective, asking them, you know, what type of career services they would actually invest in and why, um, having conversations with people. I did a whole lot of asking questions before I kind of jumped in into it blindly. I I didn't want this to be something that I would regret. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't just providing the services that I thought they wanted because we were in a similar place in space. I wanted to make sure I was addressing the things that they actually needed and wanted. Okay. And so I assume you mentioned resume writing. I assume that was probably one of the initial services that you offered to folks. Yes. What is, you know, resume writing is one of those things where it's challenging for people who haven't done it in a while because, you know, you kind of forget 
all of the stuff that you've done over time. And you start to look at your, I hate to say it this way, but you start to kind of look at your life as bullet points. <laughs> That's so true though. And I'm just wondering, let's start with this one. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people putting on their resume? And then I've got a couple follow-up questions to that. Well, I think you're right. The fact that a lot of people just can't remember all the details, you know, of course you can't go back and just, you know, automatically remember those things. But I always suggest to people to kind of keep a running record of the things that you've done. You know, when you have a win at your job, make sure you're writing it down, kind of keep a career journal. So when it's time for your performance reviews and it's time to update your resume, you already have it there. You don't have to think back to, well, what was the percentage of, you know, such and such that I increased or, you know, because who's going to sit there and just remember those details, right. just be accountable for that information. But if it's information that's, you know, you're trying to kind of bring back to your remembrance, you know, we sit down, we have conversations with people. I sit down with them at, you know, they may give me surface information just based on what they can initially remember. But as a resume writer, it's kind of my job to kind of pull out even more details, read between the lines, hear the things that they aren't saying, ask the questions that may kind of really help them understand that, okay, you don't see that as a strength, but that's something that needs to be put on this resume. So that's one of the issues, just kind of really emphasizing the things that have done in their jobs mm -hmm. and understanding that they have a lot more strengths and skills than they're aware of. And then again, the bullet point thing is a, a huge one. A lot of people tend to just simply list the duties and responsibilities they've had in the job as opposed to making their resume more achievement oriented or more accomplishment based. Right. And so I try to get them to focus more on the achievements and accomplishments just by using a simple acronym, the CAR acronym. What was the challenge that you faced? What were the actions that you took and what was the result? And that will help you to kind of really structure your bullet points and don't have 5 million bullet points under one job. You know, it, maybe three to five might be okay, but you need something, you need standout information. They're not just regurgitating what you've done because, you know, people know what you, generally speaking, they know what you've done in a particular job. You need to show them how you stand out above and beyond any of the other highly qualified candidates because we have that kind of job market where there are quite a few highly qualified people for each job. But how do you stand apart from those people? What do you bring to the table and what can you help them with and stand out apart from the rest? Well, it sounds like, you know, kind of what you're you're leading them to now is uh, something that, that I really liked about what you've got on your website, which is helping people tell their career story. Yes. Because, uh, like I said, we all think of ourselves as bullet points. But if you really look back to when we started our careers to where we are now, there is a story, I think, that each of us can tell. How do you help people understand what that story is, bullet points and achievements aside? Well, yeah. So I, that's exactly what I call it. I call it the kind of the art of career storytelling because, you know, there's a journey that you have that you need to kind of craft and dictate the story because whether you know it or not, there is a story being told about you as a person and who you are. And you have to determine whether you want someone else to tell it just based on the information they have on you, or if you are going to be the person to tell it. And I tell people that all the time. Take charge of your career story. This is your story. Don't let someone else tell it and tell it wrong. You know, be erroneous in their facts. So when I put it in those terms, it seems to kind of click with people. It's just like, okay, I get that. And so they seem to be more on board with being, taking part in actually dictating what that story is. And again, just making sure that they're the ones that are putting what they would like to be put out there as opposed to someone else putting it out there. 
right? It's kind of like, um, you know, I like to tell people take charge of what is said about you online, because if you don't Google will. Definitely. Definitely. And that is one thing I definitely suggest to everybody that I work with. We need to do kind of an online reputation management type thing. So you need to Google yourself and see what is being said about you. There may be things out there that you have no clue about, but if you don't pay attention to this, there could be a potential employer that will Google your name and, you know, whether they should or shouldn't, they do this. And depending on what they see, that can make or break whether or not you even get a phone call. Yep. Yep. And I think I may have said it before on the podcast. If not, I definitely have said it to people in passing, but you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Absolutely. That statement used to apply typically to a face-to-face meeting. So if you and I were meeting, you know, for the first time, I'm going to make an impression, you're going to make an impression. And that impression could be difficult to change, or we may not want to give each other another chance at a second impression, right? But today, those first impressions happen while we're asleep. Absolutely. Yeah, we may not even be present. And that's something that I think everybody needs to keep in the top of their mind is that you're making an impression online whether you want to admit it or not. Absolutely. And so it's important to just really manage that information and make sure you're putting forth your the best foot possible and making sure that, you know, there's consistency in the information that's out out there about, you know, of course, the positive information and addressing any issues where there might be something that's negative or for whatever reason, you know, looking at your social media profiles. These are all opportunities for someone to make their first impression about you without you even having any knowledge that they even went to your materials or your information. Yep. Yep. There's a uh, company called Jobvite. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Yes. Okay. They come out with the social surveys every year. And one of the ones that came out this past year, 2014, I don't know if they have one for 2015 yet, but they said that 93% of the recruiters that they surveyed and recruiters are their customer for their software actually now go online and check your social media profiles and your online profiles before they even call you. That is absolutely true. I try to work closely with recruiters because we really and truly have the same intent to, you know, make sure that the person that we're working with is getting reached for these four phone our interviews in general and having these conversations with employers and employers are reaching out to them. But one thing people tend to seem to think about is the fact that, OK, well, you know, as long as my LinkedIn profile is OK, you know, I'm good to go. <laughs> But that's not the only place that employers or recruiters are looking. They're looking at Facebook, Instagram, and seeing what kind of pictures you have out there or what snippets of videos they can find when you're doing things that may be a bit questionable for their company or what their company's looking for. So you have to cover all social media outlets. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is part of um, also mentioned on your website. You help people with their career branding. So you're not just helping them write a resume. You're helping them tell that career story. And then also even one step, one click out of that, you're looking at their whole career branding, you know, as you work with them individually, correct? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's all in what you want people to know about you. You know, you want people to know who you are and what it is that you do and what you bring to the table. And so that's the focus of the career branding, just kind of crafting that message and making, first and foremost, you need to know what your message is and you need to solidify the details of your message because if you're not clear on it, you can't expect anyone else to be clear on it. And if they're not clear on it and they have to ask too many questions, 
they'll pass you by. Yep. So I assume then this is maybe a good segue into something that I mentioned in your bio, which I've not heard before, but it's very intriguing to me, which is you help them craft a statement of purpose. What is a statement of purpose? So for statements of purpose, that is more so for those that are going on to graduate school or something to that effect. So it's more so for the people that are applying to graduate school and they need to create the statement of purpose. But that is a component of, you know, even when I have the conversations for the people that are professionals, the statements of purpose are really and truly, you know, what do you feel you were put on this earth to do? And this is more so with the career coaching that kind of helps them in trying to narrow things down when you're having those questions about, you know, what it is that you want to do, what comes next, what should be the next chapter in your career. You know, understanding purpose is a huge part of that when you want to do something that matters in your career. So we, we do talk about that. But as far as the services go, that is more so for the academic scene, I guess. All right. I was curious. I wondered how that tied in. Now, now I know. It. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned it in your bio. Also, you help people craft their careers around their lives by design, or you refer to it as a career lifestyle. What does that mean to you? So again, for me, if you let me and leave me to my own devices, I will be on a computer all day, every day, and which is great for clients, but it's not great for life. <laughs> and when I started on the path of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, One major aspect of it for me was kind of the spiritual aspect of things. And that's what kind of changed my direction of my career and the things that I was doing because I'm a Christian and, you know, the beliefs are that basically I, you know, I need to take care of my spirituality first, my husband comes next and my kids come after that and then career comes. And so I had to make sure that whenever I was making career decisions, I had to keep those things in the back of my mind before I was making career decisions without even thinking about any of the other factors and just kind of making them fit into my career decisions. But I ended up having to do things in reverse. And so now when I make a career decision, no matter what it is, you know, whether I decided to return back to work or I'm doing something for business or doing a workplace training, I have to come back and just decide, okay, how does this fit into my life? How does this fit into things spiritually? How does this fit into my family life? Will How will my husband be affected by it? How will my kids be affected by it? And so I try to do the same thing with the women that I'm working with. As you mentioned, it's faith-inspired coaching. So the women that tend to come to me, they also tend to be spiritually minded. And so we talk about those things, you know, when you're making your career decisions, you know, how is your life going to be affected by it? How is your spirituality affected by it? How is your household affected by it? You know, whether you're married or not, you know, your significant other, you know, all those details, we ask those details. And that's where we come into the career lifestyling and having your life by design. It's not just by happenstance. It's by you carefully planning and put putting things in place that fit for you in your life. And do you help people also prepare then for interviews as well? Absolutely. That is one of my favorite things to do. As I mentioned before, I come from an HR background. And so that was one thing that I really enjoyed doing, interviewing people and asking questions and learning more about people. And even on the flip side of that, when I've been in organizations, you know, I try to give pointers and tips to the people that I work with that might be interviewing individuals just because I just want to make sure on both sides of, of the experience, you know, that the interviewee has a pleasant experience, but the interviewer is asking the questions that they need to ask. So I, um, since I've had experience on both sides, now I help people 
with their job search strategies and also with their um, preparing for their interviews and give direction on, you know, just image and things they may need to be aware of. What is your favorite question to ask an interviewee? (laughs) I would have to say, I know it might sound a bit cliche, but the tell me about yourself question, just because of the fact that answers vary so much. And sometimes, you know, some people are right on the mark and they tell you about themselves in relation to the position and, you know, the business and what you're looking for. And but then there are some people that tell you about themselves and some stuff that they may not or should not share in the interview. (laughs) But uh, you do get to know them better. Uh, They may not be a great fit for your organization, but you get to know them better. But again, I think it's the social scientist in me. I just love to hear people's stories. So that is always an interesting one for me. Okay. And so I think you would probably answer this next question. And what is the one question everybody should be prepared to answer? (laughs) I assume it's that one, correct? For sure. That is definitely one. And also when they ask the question of, you know, why would you like to work at their company, organization, whatever it is, be prepared to answer that question because they don't want to feel as if they're one of many and you haven't done your research and you haven't looked into, you know, press releases or information about them in the news and the things that they have going on or their uh, philanthropic efforts. They want to know that you have looked into this and you've taken the time to learn about them, learn about their culture, even learn about their employer brands. And when they see that you haven't even taken the time to do that, then it's just a telltale sign that you may not be the best fit for them. So what you're saying is, is because I need a job is not a good answer. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I would imagine you've heard some pretty interesting answers to all those questions over the years. I know I certainly have. It boggles my mind how um, unprepared some individuals are when they come into an interview. And, you know, I've had the gum chewing and just kind (laughs) of, you know, slumped back in the seat and feeling as if I was the person being interviewed. And, you know, it's just, (laughs) it amazes me for sure. Yeah. One of the very first, in fact, the first interview I did on this podcast was with uh, Tim Samir. He's with Tigus International. And one of the things he told me that still stands out in my mind today, and I'm wondering if you see it too in your role, is people don't know how to dress for an interview. Yes, that is so true. I've seen that time and time again. And, And age doesn't even matter anymore. I thought, you know, so for some people, they might think, oh, because, you know, they're young, you know, they don't know how to dress, but it's grown individuals that come in there and they're sloppy looking. They don't come in, you know, suit and tie anymore. They might come in with a button down shirt, maybe, or, you know, there might be a little too much cleavage showing, but I think some, not all people have kind of lost the art of really and truly dressing for success. Yeah. And so I want to talk about something that you're doing um, outside of the career coaching business, but yet related as we're talking about dressing for success. Can you talk a little bit about your career closet donation drive? Absolutely. So I am new to this area, but I have been thinking about this for the past year and a half. And I finally decided to kind of jump in and make this happen. So this is going to be And we're going to do this in August, but we're collecting professional clothing for women at one of the uh, domestic violence shelters here in the area. And it's just a chance for us to kind of give them a positive step forward toward their career endeavors. So we're collecting shirts, skirts, 
shoes, purses, outerwear, new hosiery, all kinds of things like that. And our hope is to be able to bring all the women together so they can kind of shop, even though the stuff is free, but really have people in there that are going to, that are passionate about, you know, fashion and things of that nature, help them style and put outfits together so they can feel good about themselves. You know, the the saying goes, when you feel good, you look good. And we just want to give them a leg up when they are going out there and trying to get jobs to basically rebuild their lives after, you know, whatever the situation is that brought them to the shelter has already, you know, affected their lives. So I am so excited about this particular thing and I can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's awesome what you're doing, which is why I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it here. I know it's probably local clothing drive, but is there any way that if people, you know, not local to your area, is there any way they can send things to to you for this? Absolutely. If they are interested in doing so, I would absolutely just tell them that just email me at cachetprescott.com and I, you know, we can spell out the information in the show notes, but okay. um, just yeah. feel free to email me there and I will give you the information so you can mail any donations if you're interested in doing so. But I just think this is a great way for people to kind of open their hearts and their closets and give to an amazing cause and really help these women just, get, like I said, get back to the place and space they would like to get to in their career endeavors. You see, now you said earlier, you don't really do anything, but here you are, you are running a great cause and, and there you have it. What, what more can I say? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so now in addition to career coaching and doing this clothing drive, you also do resume writing workshops. Can you talk a little bit about what a resume writing workshop entails? You know, what would people expect to see or do during the course of your workshops? Sure. So Generally speaking, um, when people think of resume writing workshops, they think of, you know, I'm just going to go in here and we're going to talk about all the elements of the resume and that's about it. And, you know, I'm going to be left to my own devices. But for my resume writing workshop, we'll talk about some of that stuff and we'll talk about, you know, current trends and things that people need to be aware of. But this is really and truly a chance for people to come in and work on their resumes while we are there. You know, I invite people to bring their laptops and we get to work while we're there. And even after the workshop, will I invite them to email me for up to 30 days after the workshop just to get any questions answered or any support because I'm so passionate about resume writing and what it should look like and just making sure that people are giving themselves the best opportunity to be considered for particular jobs and setting themselves apart from other people. I am all about really and truly getting in there and doing the work while we're there, not giving you information for you to go off and figure it out on your own. Yeah, you wrote a post uh, not long ago called Why Your Resume Won't Get oh, You yeah. a Job, uh, but it may get you noticed. So I assume your workshop is going to help take out some of these bullet points for things that your typical pitfalls of resumes, right? Yes. You know, that article was an interesting one. Um, just because I just wanted to make the point that, you know, while a resume will help you potentially get your foot in the door as far as getting the interview, it doesn't ultimately get you the job. And I think a lot of people mistake that sometimes, you know, people are hesitant to work with a resume writer because of the fact that they don't get a job and they think it's a resume writer's fault. And that's not necessarily the case. Mm. It, you know, it, there are any number of factors in this job market. But again, a resume can help you potentially get noticed and get an interview. But beyond that, it is up to the job seeker to show forth and prove. 
speaking of the job seeker, that might be a good place for us to start to wrap up today. All right. For those job seekers who would like to know more, who would like to work with you, learn about your resume, workshops, or even potentially donate clothing to your drive, what is the best way for those job seekers or any of the listeners today to get in touch with you? Well, my website is careercachet.com, and um, they can also email me at cachet at cachetprescott.com as well. And um, I look forward to answering any questions or if you have any questions or if you just have some thoughts, feel free to email me. Okay, awesome. And do you have any final thoughts or tips that you would like to pass on to anybody that's listening today? As we mentioned before, you know, it really is about career storytelling. And oftentimes people just don't think they have a story to tell, but you do have a story to tell and you just need to be the person to take charge of that story, dictate how that story is being told, and don't allow anyone else to tell it for you. Take charge of it. All right. Awesome. Well, Cache, I have enjoyed our conversation. I want to wish you the best of luck with the Career Closet Donation Drive. Also, your upcoming resume workshops. Thank you so very much. And it was so fun talking with you today. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you again for being on. I couldn't have said it better myself. You need to stop letting others tell your story and start taking an active role in telling your story yourself. Now, as a listener to the podcast, I suspect you already have a leg up on your competition in this regard. But if you don't, you need to get started so opportunities don't pass you by. Thank you for tuning in and sharing some of your time with Cache and I. If you're new to the podcast or a longtime listener and you liked what you heard today, head on over to ryanroten.com forward slash iTunes. There you'll be able to subscribe as well as leave a rating and review. And believe it or not, ratings and reviews help raise the visibility of the podcast and enable others to find the show. As always, you can find the show notes on the blog. This time, head on over to ryanroten.com forward slash cache. Cache, thank you for being a guest today. And for everyone else, remember, it's your responsibility to tell your career story. Don't let someone else tell it for you. And in today's digital age, one of the best ways to tell your story is by creating your own website. A blog allows you to express and vet out your opinions as well as demonstrate your career expertise. Or, as our guest today might say, your career cachet. One great way to get started is by creating your own blog. Now, for some of you, this might seem like a daunting task. So, to help you along, I've created a step-by-step video tutorial at ryanroten.com forward slash blog setup. Watch the video, follow the steps, and you'll be able to start telling your career story in as little as five minutes. So what are you waiting for? Get started building your online reputation now, before you need it. Because if you don't, your Uncle Google is going to do it for you. So that wraps us up for today. As always, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. Today's show was produced and edited by Ryan Roten, and the intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundroad. Soundroad.